Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where I haven't heard you say that for a while. It's been it's been a minute, yeah. Mm-hmm. Been like a lot of minutes. Just sort of yep. a, a weird confluence of events and uh, my own personal laziness that have led us not sure. to record for several weeks at this at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Amber, don't take that on yourself. Like it's it's a, you know what? It's a combined laziness of the summer heat that has really um, done this to us. It's been a lot of things. I mean, th- my house is currently being gutted. Sure. Uh, for construction purposes. So that's a whole deal from seven to four. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I don't get a lot of sleep in. It's very messy. It's about to get messier. They're going to do all the windows, Megan. They're going to rip all the windows oh. out and put in new windows. Do you have any idea how disruptive that shit's going to be to my existence? Mm. Well, you don't have windows in any of the rooms you're in, right, Amber? Two in every oh, room geez. that I'm in. Oh, my boy. bed is right next to one. It's going to be so messy. And then, yes, sometimes it's way too hot on the days when we could actually record. Also, you left town for some reason. I did. Didn't I ask just, my permission. I, I just take off sometimes. What was that? Like popcorn. It's, it's, well, that's popcorn getting up and itching her ear. Against the table, presumably. Apparently. Because that, I, I, I felt that. Of, yeah, against the back of my chair, which hit it into the table, which hit it into the mic. You're welcome for the sonicness, which is popcorn scratching her ear. Well, Megan, let's not focus yes. on the past. Let's let's focus mm. on the future. The, the, fu- the future of this soldier movie that we watched? Sure, let's focus on a militaristic future that was filmed in the 90s. I... Yeah, 1998's oh, Soldier. Go straight. Straight to hell. There must be other soldier movies. Straight, Come on. go straight to a waste disposal planet, please. Oh no. There are other movies with the word soldier in them. I'm not sure there are other movies that are just straight called soldier, at least not known movies. They're unknown movies. And yes. yet they are unknown by me. Secret movies. Megan, we watched G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. We attempted to watch the spinoff, Snake Eyes, uh, in that we watched well, it, but we didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I am ready. But those were just soldier soldiers, you know? Mm-hmm. If they wanted to be super, they had to put on some sort of exoskeleton nonsense. But let's let's focus on real super soldiers. Soldiers that have been bred real to be soldiers. Or kidnapped as mm-hmm. infants and trained to be real super soldiers. We don't want some technological nonsense we want to look at a real dystopian future in which the military can just take babies and do whatever they want yeah yeah and the only thing better amber than stealing chill babies not even children babies and then raising them as soldiers is if you then genetically modify those children and raise an even better crop of super soldiers Let's summarize this movie. Let's let's give the people what they want on this here movie assessing podcast. That's what we're doing. We're assessing. Great. I mean, less than the movie, we assess the critics mm-hmm. who done who done criticaled the movie, right? And we 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 determined did they do a good job? Usually, we yeah. we don't like it. We don't like what they did, which is why we're doing what we're doing. Let's see how we fall in this let's instance. Let's do it by first summarizing the movie. Megan, mm. I shall give you summaries. Okay. From usually IMDb Metacritic, Amazon, and Amber, but this time Metacritic does not have a soldier page. So I'm going to give you two. Blasphemy. Two from Amazon. Mm-hmm. One from the streaming movie and one from the DVD. Interesting. So you are going to get Amazon, okay. Amazon, IMDb, Amber. 
And uh-huh, you are going uh-huh. to tell me, Megan, which is which is which is which? Interesting. Uh, Amber, I have just one question. So, like, there's a separate Amazon DVD. Like, why, if this just occurs to me now, why doesn't Amazon always, at least for older movies, use the DVD synopsis of a movie? Like, it's literally on the DVD box, so they don't even have to worry about it. I will answer your question by reminding you that there was Mm. an instance in which I read you three different summaries for three slightly different streaming versions of the same movie. Yeah. Amazon, I just just wonder about your summary practices and the people you have working there. It's not efficient. I mean, you would assume one summary could fit for... All versions of the movie, DVD, Blu-ray, streaming, HD streaming, UHD streaming, extended version, unrated version. Now they're all different. Yeah. Okay. Which is why this game is so important. There's so many ways to perfectly encapsulate the same thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Megan. Yes. Are you prepared to play which is which is which is which? I think so. We begin. A soldier trained from birth is deemed obsolete and dumped on a waste planet where he is reluctantly taken in by a community of defenseless, stranded wayfarers. Okay. I like the wayfarers. That's a nice... Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice... Yeah. Okay. Itchy. Left for dead on a remote planet, a fallen hero has one last battle to fight as a soldier. Kurt Russell stars in his, as an elite warrior, selected at birth for combat, stripped of his individuality, and isolated from society. Todd Russell stoically Mm -hmm. adheres to one overriding principle killer be killed until he is defeated in combat by kane 607 jason scott lee the best of the next generation fighters severely wounded todd is jettisoned on a backwater planet where the pacifist local people nurse todd back to health and gradually awaken todd's long suppressed humanity but when kane 607 and his battalion attack todd rallies the gentle people who have helped him to defend themselves against the ruthless invaders Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That last one, you kind of made a noise. Yeah. Todd doesn't rally the gentle people to defend themselves. He does not. Uh, no, no. That's weird. You would assume in that instance there'd be like a training montage where he teaches them to. Yeah. I mean, while I was, yeah, I had guessed either training montage or like soloing it. And he went with soloing it, Amber. He there did no indeed. time. And we will we will talk about oh, that was not his reasoning. His reasoning wasn't, there is no time mm, to train you. True. There was a different reason why he did not help them defend yeah. themselves. You make a good point. Three. Obsolete super soldier Kurt Russell must battle his genetically enhanced replacement in a cold, forbidding future. Hmm. And the final one. Mm-hmm. Todd, a middle-aged man whose life is his career, finds himself out of a job when a younger generation is brought in to replace him. No partner, no family, no purpose outside of work, Todd must learn a new way to live. Luckily, a ready-made family takes him in, complete with a smoke show of a wife he can't stop staring at, a kid that will never (laughs) give him any lip, and a husband that can't die tragically fast enough. And just when you think things can't get any better, that youngster that replaced him shows up, and he gets to murder them all. It's a midlife crisis fantasy starring Kurt Russell. Oh, very nice, Amber. Very nice. Okay, I'm going to go with... Hmm. We got IMDb, Mm -hmm. and then I think we got Amazon DVD, Mm -hmm. and then Amazon, Mm -hmm. and then Amber. Yes, pretty good. Nice job. Oh, yeah? Yeah, (laughs) Okay, all right. You did it. Yeah, I'm very impressed. It was, you know, um, the, 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 the rambly one 
was very Metacritic-esque because they tend to go Metacritic-y, although it ended with untrue shit, so that made me think Amazon. Very, fair. And also, there wasn't a Metacritic, so... Exactly. No, I mean, that, that replaced it nicely. It was very um, rambly. Mm-hmm. And then wrong. And then incorrect. I think mine's the best one. It's a midlife crisis fantasy. Yeah. A dude who whose life is his job gets replaced mm-hmm. by someone younger, faster, hotter. Yeah. And then instead of just, you know, fading away into obscurity, he gets a hot wife, a kid who can't talk, and to murder the people who replaced him. Yeah. He, he proves himself worthy, Ember. He is not replaceable. He is the best. He is the best. And now he mm-hmm. gets all the things that he didn't get because all he did was work. Right. So basically, gets to if, retire. if you're some white dude who just mm-hmm. like worked his ass off at his job and didn't do anything else because that's what capitalistic success is this movie is telling you you're doing a good job because Mm -hmm. if they bring someone in to replace you don't worry you'll just slip into someone else's life and also Mm -hmm. get to kill the person that replaced you yeah yeah your reward for working um in this capitalistic society and uh devoting everything to work um will be the takeover of a, you know, just beautiful life, beautiful wife, beautiful kid. Yeah. And revenge fantasy. And de- and death to the newcomers. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who had no choice. No, no. Mm. Let's look at the critics. And by let's, I mean you, because Metacritic didn't bother. Yeah, yeah. So we've got um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 13 for the critics. And a 44 for the audience. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Painful. That is... I didn't expect it to be one of the lowest movies we've looked at. Yeah, right? It's not that bad. I, I don't think it is. And and yet, and yet... As a 90s critics, movie, too. Like, this is... Right? This is pretty much... This is what the 90s do. Mm-hmm. It's yep. it like a sci-fi yep. soldier... Midlife crisis fantasy movie starring Kurt Russell. What's why? Do you, why? Why were they so mad at it? Yeah, I. You know, I get a lot of. There's a lot of mindlesses. There's a lot of um, uh, uh, uh disappointing. Um, it gets. What uh, were they compa- expecting it to be? I don't know, Amber. They. It gets um, uh, uh, compared to Escape from L.A. a whole bunch. Oh come on. Um, I know, I know. They are nothing alike. I have well, I haven't seen it, but I, I have now watched yeah. it. This is mm-hmm. nothing like Escape from L.A. It's set in the future, and it stars Kurt Russell. I, did, do you see his hair? That's a militaristic haircut. It is. His hair is so long in Escape from L.A. <laughs> it's true, and he has an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely different. There are eye patches in Escape from eye LA. patches and completely different coiffures. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So they were busy pretending this was a different movie. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, <laughs> there was a shade thrown at the fact that um, Kurt Russell doesn't say very much in this movie, which I actually think is kind of charming. That's the point. He, a to- he has a total of 104 words in this movie, which is even less than John Wick had. So yeah. that's impressive. Um and he's in like eighty five percent of the movie, so like that's that's doesn't say for much. He is the eponymous soldier. This is his movie, and yeah, he does not he does not talk. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, as much as um, critics said that, we also have um, uh, uh, people commending um, Russell doing kind of a Terminator-like role um, where he's kind of uh, uh, does the absolute minimum and is physically, you know, just intimidating. Um, and... Uh, people thought that it was um, it does have fun parts and it didn't deserve to be treated so harshly, but it doesn't serve recommendations either. Wow. So, yeah. There's nothing um, <laughs> imagine this, Amber. There's nothing substantial in any of these um, Rotten Tomato uh, critical synopses that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's not, that's not surprising. I, I mean, yeah. to be fair, there's not much substantial in the movie. It's not like yeah. it takes any big swings and fails no. or succeeds. It's not really trying to do something big, fancy, and new. But no. nor is it completely derivative. And it, and it also doesn't do anything really terrible from a no. whoops-a-doodle-you-shouldn't-have-done-that-90s movie standpoint. Right, right. So I can see, you know, most people watching it and just thinking, eh. Mm-hmm. But those people don't have vision. Those people don't have drive. Those people aren't mm-hmm. you and me. True. Yeah. So Critics Corner, a 13, this movie is not. This is, seems... this is higher than that. I mean, even if you're eh about it, judge it based on its own characteristics as an action movie with a plot and decent casting and acting. Like, it's not. Yeah. 13 is... You piece of taint sewage. What yeah, are you exactly. doing trying to occupy my eyeball space? Shame mm. for shame. I, what, Seventh Son was probably higher than this. And I'm not saying Seventh Son is, is a garbage movie. I am saying that Seventh Son is certainly more ridiculous plot wise. Mm-hmm. It That one takes some swings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the G.I. Joes were, you know, 20 points ahead of this one. Like up at, at thirty three, which is offensive, especially for the first one. Which again, it had entertaining things. It was biggish. It was a big shiny mess. But mm-hmm. I, I felt like the second one was pretty entertaining in in many in many places. Yeah, I'd cyber yeah. blast the shit out of some things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, thirteen is low. All right, let's talk about why this isn't a thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Megan, why isn't this a thirteen? Oh, oh, me, me first. Um, well, Amber, um, why? I'm, I'm trying to think. Well, wow, you are not being reason. convincing. <laughs> I am not convinced. Well, Amber. That somehow made it worse. Can, um, can you do an even well, higher pitch to sound even more well, uncertain? Well, Amber. I mean, one reason it's not a 13 is uh, Connie Nielsen's in it. Oh dang! I'll tell you that much. Oh dang! Oh, that's the the aforementioned smoke show. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when we were watching it. I asked you what you remi- remembered her from, and I think your yes. response was, "Well, something with like gods and goddesses in it, because <laughs> she is a goddess." Yes. Well, you gave me the hint that it was a DC property. True. And so true. I then surmise that she must be in the goddess territory and therefore could only be in Wonder Woman and is the uh, uh, titular Hippolyta. Does that sound right? I think that sounds right. She's the queen of the Amazons. Queen of the Amazons, yeah. Which, yes. She should be. Absolutely. If it's going to be a white lady, it should be that white lady. 
yeah, good point. Very good point. Yeah, uh, Connie Nelson is is in this. It, she she's basically the woman. Uh, there there is also a woman on the soldier side of things. Uh, yeah, but they, oh oh, and that's not true. That's not true. The community oh, yeah. that Kurt, Kurt Russell finds himself in does seem to be well democratic. The def- the leader is a woman as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That's, but yeah, Connie, we spend a lot of time looking. Oh, do we? At Connie oh, do we ever. Nelson. We spend yeah, we- so <laughs> much time looking at her face, often in slow yeah. motion and often by the softest candlelight. Yes. We also spend a lot of time looking at Kurt Russell, looking at Connie Nelson. I mean, what? I'm just doing a quick rundown of how we yeah, get yeah. to this place I, in the movie to give to you. You, you have to understand. Me, you asked me the heart of this movie, I and I and I was movie. trying to think of something that wasn't jumping to the middle of the movie. Sure, but I could not. The heart of this and movie so, is staring at Connie Nelson. Yeah, exactly. You're not wrong. But I think, yeah. But I I do think to get to that, we need to little a little bit understand. You know the the um <laughs> the. The Kurt Russell, the Todd, Todd, who is who is uh, grown, and then they try to replace him. And we gotta we gotta find out about his story. Amber. Sure, sure, you're right, you're right. And it's this story is fine, and I think it's executed well enough. And and honestly, Kurt Russell's mute protagonist is compelling. You know, I feel like he he, he pulls it off pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense for him to be kind of the stoic. Oh, quiet person he is v- very much i, I mean <laughs> no less because a nice automated voice is constantly telling the children as they're growing up that you only speak when spoken to by a superior mm-hmm. officer all right this movie starts in a nursery with a bunch yeah. of newborn infants and some military people just grabbing some of them for reasons yeah sure and then we see slightly older kids in a facility and the first thing we see is a bunch mm-hmm. of Almost toddlers watching some Dobermans fight a Razorback. Yeah. I did not care for that. Just a, we don't see it, no. but like but, we just, it's implied. Yes. We hear, we uh, hear feral pig noises and we, uh-huh. we hear dog noises and we see uh-huh. blood splatter and we see a bunch of kids being forced to look. All the while there's just a voice overhead saying ominous things. Like, and if the kids, yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Is it, and if the kids try to turn away, their their faces are... Like, oh, yeah, they have to watch. Yeah. They have to open their eyes and watch. While the lady is, is saying things like, Weakness is death. Talking is naughty. The armed forces are your family. Only speak when spoken to by a superior officer. Precision is... I mean, it's just... It's just and and mm-hmm. it just... That voice plays out as they grow up and are doing random tasks like moving shapes around to make another shape and using guns and then they get older and they're using more guns. They're going for runs. Yeah, they're oh, all running. Amber, that, but one of wow. the kids one of the kids is really far behind. And so Ooh, one of them signals boy. another guy and then a, a Humvee comes up behind the kid who's really far behind and then you just hear a gunshot. Yeah. These are like I don't know. They're not even teenagers by that point, I think. Yeah, they might have been tweens. Maybe, but Wow, ruthless. Youch. Yep. So that's that's how they were raised. And then mm-hmm. once they're adults, and it, and it you know, even shows in the shooting gallery, you know, it's just shooting targets and they're bad guy targets. You shoot, shoot, shoot. And then and then one of the non-bad guy targets moves in front 
of one of the bad guy targets. And, and this, this non-bad guy target is a woman holding a baby. And one of the yeah. soldiers hesitates to fire. Todd does not hesitate. You Todd shoot through. Not. You shoot through the woman and the infant. Yeah. Yep. We it see is, a practical lesson of that later on when, as adults, it shows us multiple campaigns that they're going on. Mm-hmm. So it's just this this montage is just they'll they'll show a, a battle name and a location uh-huh. and then they'll just show Todd and some other sh- soldiers shooting people. Yep. Yep. Uh, in various either wintry or moon-like locations cuz they're also going to mm-hmm. space. Right, exactly. Like they they go from desert to to, to snow to moon and it's like okay, all yeah, right. Just shooting fun 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 campaigns and uh Mm -hmm. then it shows them in a kind of sterile facility and another guy shows up jason isaacs yes plays this uh we don't like him from from the beginning we're not supposed to like colonel meekum right uh (laughs) one reason is (laughs) they i mean they they made it clear by calling him meekum meekum yep and you have so gary Busey. Is fucking Gary Busey. Jesus Christ. Church. He seems Mm -hmm. to be the commanding officer of uh, Todd's group of baby soldiers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he has some some second in commands. And all of them are pretty callous about these human weapons that they have made that they don't allow to speak. And who aren't supposed to have opinions. And who sort of just stand in a line until they're told what to do. Yeah. And and now Amber, you say baby soldiers and and it's true they were raised as soldiers from babies, but at this point, oh boy, they're getting to like their 40s. Mm. These are uh they're middle-aged. Yeah. They're middle-aged. They're middle-aged baby soldiers. Baby soldiers. And mm-hmm. wouldn't you know it, Meekum shows hotness. up with the new mm. hotness. We they're bigger, mm-hmm. they're wearing tank tops, and their yeah. heads have been shaved. Yes. And they're at least 15, 20 years younger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're in their like fresh face twenty mid twenties, yeah. Gotta be. And Meekum is like, all right, I got I got the new hotness. These guys are obsolete. And Busey, Church is like, nah, nah, boo. Okay. <laughs> what about speed? I mean, sure, they're young. They can be faster, but what about endurance? And so mm-hmm. Todd, his best guy, he sends on a race. Meekum doesn't send anybody for a while. Gives him a 20 minute head start. And then he taps mm-hmm. Kane 607, played by Jason Scott Lee, who I know and love. Yes. Most people don't seem to. I guess they weren't obsessed with the live action Jungle Book from the 90s and or Dragon the Bruce Lee story. And and I could have sworn that I knew Jason Scott Lee from something. Um, I know the name because Amber talks about him so Constantly. much. Yeah. And, and realizing from his like uh, Wikipedia page is like, oh, I have not seen him in very much. No. Because he's, he's not in um, he that much. In, he was in the seventh a son. small role. There we are. Yep, seventh, seventh son. And yep. the, essentially the non-talking almost immediately transformed into a bear role. Yes. But he was still yep. goddamn in it. But he was in it. Jason Scully. Uh So yeah, he's Kane 607, uh, the best of Meekum's new boys. And wouldn't mm-hmm. you know it, even with a 20-minute head start, he just whips past Mm-hmm. Todd on this distance race. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, fine. They're faster. But are they stronger? So then we just mm-hmm. see a bunch of them doing lifting in a weight room. One of them is just like spinning yeah. 
in this sort of yeah just kind of in this like gyroscopy thing yep. yeah that's uh, pretty awesome yep, and that's that apparently proves they're stronger and church is like mm-hmm. fuck okay okay hope what what about spirit my guys have mm-hmm. got spirit and meekum he just poo poos spirit spirit that's nothing you mean aggressive qualities <laughs> yeah up the chains kane i they just have chains hanging in the they space. Just, yeah, of course they do, Amber. I this mean, is a... they have a long distance running course. Sure. They have a weight room, of course. Then they just have chains. Yeah. You know how you do your chain training? Your chain training. And they have each chain has like little circles that you can mm-hmm. maybe put one foot on to stand on. So they send Kane up the chains and they said Todd up the chains. Meekum's like, pfft, spirit. Send two more of your guys up there, church. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, Kane 607 just lays them out. And by lays them out, I mean murders. Yeah, yeah. Murders them. Yeah, this is also where, I mean, like, we we <laughs> we had an implied, uh, like, animal fight, which was disturbing. We had a um, implied um, <laughs> child shooting, also very disturbing we have not seen any we've not seen much as of yet but this gets gruesome yeah this This gets a little gruesome this chain fight does it this chain fight does it up and uh todd this is an r-rated movie and they they start to show it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and todd uh in the course of the fight does manage to rip out one of kane's eyes Uh uh-huh but then he also gets laid out and falls on top of his other dead friend with his eyes open and Mm -hmm. uh then I mean, Church, he's he's convinced. Ch- Church is as heartbroken as he can be by saying something like, Todd was my best guy or something like yes, that. Yes, he watches these people who presumably they've worked with since birth. Babyhood, yeah. I, th- and, and they're just being like dragged off yep. uh, unceremoniously by their feet, mm-hmm. you know, just and he, <laughs> yeah, just... I- monotone i think my favorite part of this is learning that meekum then says like chalk this up to a training exercise i was thinking this entire time it was perfectly acceptable for them to just have these guys murder each other for the sake of figuring out who's better and you know determining ah my my new man flesh technology is the best man flesh technology these guys are now obsolete as it turns out no they have to lie about what happened because they weren't supposed to just throw away these human lives (laughs) Yeah. Surprising, actually, for this dystopian future world, but yeah. But I guess it, uh, it does justify them then, instead of just dumping his body any old place, or, I don't know, right. jettisoning it Burying into space, it. Yeah, they take it to a waste disposal planet. Yeah. Yep. A planet on mm-hmm. which they dispose waste. Just a whole... Whole hunkin' planet. Whole planet, and they send ships there to dump stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is during this that um, Todd, who was open-eyed, seemingly unmoving, dead before, um, and now awakens. Yeah, he's awake. He wasn't dead. He was just he wasn't dead. resting with his eyes open. Mm-hmm. Unmoving on top of yeah. his friends' corpses. Well, I guess they yeah. weren't friends. Colleagues. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. Don't put that. Yeah, so and <laughs> it's a... One thing about this is that it's a little bit of a hard start, at least for me, in terms of, okay, we've got super soldier, baby super soldiers, 
who are now middle-aged, and we've got the new uh, DNA-manipulated hotness super soldiers. And, like, I'm supposed to pick a side? You know, or or I'm supposed to be on the side of the, you know, middle-aged super soldiers? I, I, It's a little bit of a hard sell for me personally. Like, I kind of root for no super soldiers just in my, you know, but my own life. But... But don't you want them to to find life and love and happiness and then be able to murder the people who replace them and also maybe the commanding officers that port them through all of this? Because even his church seems to have some sentiment towards oh, it's his middle-aged much, charges. Yes. He doesn't mm-hmm. really give a shit about them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and so so absolutely, Amber, you're you're correct. You're right that they um what they do is they turn that, which works for me, as in a, like, oh, don't don't hate the super soldiers. Hate the people who made them and are making them do this shit. Don't hate the player. Hate the game, Megan. That's except a lesson for, for everyone. Ex- yes, true. Except also do hate the new hotness because we are oh going God. to murder them. <laughs> the poor new hotness. They're... They're not any different from Todd, other than the fact no. that they're young, and we hate yeah. them for being younger and stronger and probably more virile. I bet his sperm swims so good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's probably a lot of chemical testosterone engineering in there that would make me think- Oh yeah, his testicles mm. are probably the size of peas. Yeah, you probably don't need them to reproduce, so you just kind of- Probably don't want them to. Sex drive yeah. would be inconvenient for all the murder shenanigans yeah. they need to be getting up to. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, the, uh, we do have two groups of people who do not have bodily autonomy, and nor were they raised with any love or, like, social skills, really. And so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, this, this, I mean, the movie is a little over 90 minutes, and the beginning part really does move right along. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's boy. Like the whole he is man. He is middle-aged man. He is. Yep. He is garbage, and then he is yep. garbage found by other people because uh, this waste disposal planet, as Megan mm-hmm. noted while we were watching it, has atmosphere. It does, and uh, also people <laughs> who were stranded there some time ago. Right, right. Amber said it's not truly wasteful unless you're using a planet that you could actually live on if you had to. <laughs> yes. It's not mm-hmm. really waste if it was a planet mm-hmm. you couldn't have lived on in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Then it's just a disposal planet. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, that that was nonsense, but I stand by it. Sure. So the movie really starts as we have our, still, still has not said a word, Todd, found by a bunch of colonists who don't want to be there. They were headed to a, a much nicer planet, one of the mm-hmm. Trinity moons, and yes. uh, they got stuck here. And no one is is saving them or seems to be interested in saving them. So they've built a life out of the trash. It's a nice life, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a little it's a little janky, but it, it it's good. It's good. And uh, they nurse him back to health. And mm-hmm. uh, they sort of he's he's specifically and, taken care of by one particular family. Yep. And, and from the beginning, they know what he like. They know what he is, and they are his name and his rake him. are tattooed on his, his cheek. <laughs> And and his whole arm has all his um, battles that he yeah his military has campaigns fought in. yeah and so that's also very uh, upsetting it is but they have a nice yeah. life here a peaceful life it's they it's do. it's hard fought but it's it's very democratic mm-hmm. you know they you see them mm-hmm. making votes to stay there there's a woman in charge so that's already you know ninety points in their favor 
and yeah, you have Sandra, Connie Nelson's character, uh, her husband, Mace, and their son, whose name I don't remember, and it's just, is it Nathan? Is that Nathan? Yeah, Nathan. And see, Nathan, little boy, he doesn't talk. He was bitten by mm-hmm. one of these green snakes that like to launch themselves solely at people's faces. Oh, they're face snakes, Amherst. They're straight they're face snakes. snakes. Yeah. And they're, they're pretty poisonous. They, can, they could kill a man. But uh, mostly they kill smaller things. They're very dangerous and deadly. And oh, Nathan was, was bitten as a child. He survived, but he cannot talk. Yeah. Amber, I would like to tell oh, you a Jesus. little something. Oh, Jesus. Snake facts. Learn about some snakes. <sighs> Although, what I will say is actually this, this snake facts is more about how I need to be really careful about IMDb because... Sometimes I get, you know, information from IMDb, and I think it's often, like, take it with a grain of salt, you know. But there were some straight-up fucking lies on IMDb. (laughs) Um, And uh, one of them being that um, that they used um, really deadly, they called them Thai um, snakes or something like that, to, to for this and that they'd stitched the 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 like um venom um uh, uh i don't know pores closed and um because they still want to use these highly venomous snakes but they didn't want them to bite anybody and that even when uh kurt russell was holding one that it was actually a handler holding one kind of in front of his face that's all lies they did not use uh, there's no, no such thing as the, the snake that they said. And they they used green snakes, which are not uh, poisonous at all, and milk snakes and some um, kind of boas uh, for their kind of pit of snakes. So, Amber, what I, this snake fact is more of a meta snake fact, which is you should always, you know, always um, confirm your snake facts Confirm me. Like, I, I am not the the um, snake expert that I'd like to be. I'm, I'm learning. But um, if I told you some ridiculous shit like that, like, you gotta, you gotta question it, folks. Take your snake facts from, from reputable, reputable sources. Okay, okay. And that's your snake facts. Learn about some, learning about some snakes. Oh, geez. So entertain but verify is what you're saying. Yes, this, that is what I'm saying. The snake facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who came up with that nonsense? Yeah, they used super poisonous snakes, but they stitched their venom sacks closed. Yeah, yeah, and I was, I, I was worried at that point, but then, <laughs> then I got to the bottom of IMDb, <laughs> and um. They have a whole thing about the snakes, um, and they were talking about because this was filmed on a different planet, the snakes weren't used to the harsh alien atmosphere, so they need to be fitted with their own respirators while not filming. Um, And the two snake experts, uh, handlers on on set, Jimmy the Asp and Peter, that's not my python, were paid handsomely, and they became the go-to snake guys um, including I'm working on uh, snakes on a plane. So wait, we're, is this suggesting Somebody, that because they were yes. filming on another planet? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so this yeah. this movie that was filmed on another planet? Yeah. Wow. And those names. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was about the time they were talking about um, snake respirators that my keen sense of scientific uh, <laughs> acuity just jumped out and said, mm, I don't think they had fitted respirators for these snakes. I mean, we did just see a video of a snake exoskeleton that lets them walk. So oh, why boy. not snake respirators, mm-hmm. Megan? Mm, you make a good point. Science Amber. fiction and reality, the lines continually blur. Thanks a lot, mm-hmm. science. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Amber, how did I... Did I just derail this? No. How could that possibly be? No, snake facts never derails anything, and it creates a nice, smooth, cohesive environment. All right, we were talking about the family that took him in. Hot lady, yeah. silent son, and affable yeah. but killable dad. Yeah, and so we've got Nathan, who's like, he is actually uh, very much uh, uh, Todd-like. Todd says very little, and so it's kind of nice that they get to be like... And Nathan can't say anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, he's shown that you can plant plants in the ground and eat food with people, and he saves a guy, and the guy's really Mm -hmm. grateful. Uh, And also, woman woman oh boy pretty woman this this gets this gets creepy ember this gets more than creepy in fact it got so creepy that ember and i had to alter our reality in order to make this okay no i mean we're not altering our reality what we're doing Mm -hmm. is we're fleshing out the details Mm. of this film universe in a way that the runtime didn't allow i would suggest from the subtext that everything we're assuming is probably correct Mm. Now, good point, good point. There, How could we be wrong? There is a period of time in this movie where mm-hmm. it, it progresses the, the calendar of, of what we're seeing, you know, from Kurt Russell's convalescence and introduction into this society to mm-hmm. he has been here for a while, we don't know how long, up until Christmas, I guess. And right. not knowing when he arrived makes it difficult for us to determine if it's Hard days, weeks, or months. It doesn't matter. So the, the way time has progressed in the middle is that a Lorena McKennett song starts playing, like this dreamy song, Night Rider. If you were mm-hmm. alive in the 90s, you heard it. And mm-hmm. we see a slow motion montage of, you would think his life of integrating into the community and learning skills mm-hmm. and maybe learning more than two emotions. He has this lovely mm-hmm. conversation with Sandra, and which, well, I mean, conversation. She talks and occasionally she yes. asks him questions and then he responds with a few words. And she, mm-hmm. she asks him, what do you feel? You must feel something. And it takes him a minute. And he's like, fear. Fear and discipline. She's like, like when you're fighting, all the time, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. You know, discipline as a feeling. Yeah. You know, the feeling of discipline. Mm-hmm. And you would think, okay, so all this time is going to be spent learning how to have more than the two feelings. No, time progresses oh. by us watching him watch her mm-hmm. with Lorena McKennett playing in the background in slow motion. Yeah. It's all just her, him yeah. staring and us seeing her for a while. For a very long time. Yeah. We hear a big chunk of that song mm-hmm. while we watch Sandra do things in the community Mm -hmm. while he's staring at her. Often not from very far away. I guess it's good that he's not like lurking, but. Yeah, yeah. And and we learn a little bit about their society. I mean, it's not 
unsurprising. They're on this, you know, waste planet, um, which has harsh kind of winds that go by. They've kind of eked out this kind of um, small but but kind of happy community here where they have like a small place where they can farm and you know they have a, a few things that are nice but like it's all obviously salvaged from trash that people um, uh, 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 threw away. So we were we were forced to reconcile as the audience of this film two mm-hmm. things. One, mm-hmm. how is nobody doing anything about the dude who's just staring at this woman for uh-huh. for weeks on end, presumably? How uh-huh. does Mace not care? How does Sandra not care? How does the rest of the community not be like, oh my, I guess we're doing nothing because he's a deadly weapon who is a human man? No. Okay, so there's that. And then, mm-hmm. as we are eking out a scavenged existence, we see Mace and Sandra hanging out in their bedroom. It has these opulent, vibrant orange sheets and blankets. The bed itself is suspended from the ceiling, and they are surrounded mm-hmm. by dozens of lit candles. Yes. How are you... How Everybody else looks like what you would expect, like scavenged stuff, kind of dirty faces. In But this bedroom, though, looks mm-hmm. like a fantasy. And, and, and her hair is always perfect, and she's clean. Yep. And how? How? Well, how? Well, Amber, this, this kind of solidified um, kind of what must be happening in this community is that people see Connie Nelson or Sandra, and they recognize her as the goddess she is. And so essentially, anytime somebody sees a candle, a thrown away bit of wax, um, they they collect it and they give it to Sandra and Mace because if anybody deserves to be lit by soft candlelight, it is her. Exactly. We we have we've cracked the code on this. No one cares mm-hmm. that Todd is staring at her because everyone mm-hmm. stares at her. It's what, it's what you do with Sandra. Everyone is constantly yep. staring at Sandra. And you don't question their bedroom or the opulence mm-hmm. or the fact that she is the only one who receives hair care products because mm-hmm. everyone knows she's the only one that should be lit by soft candlelight and have perfect hair. Right. It is just accepted. Oh, shit, I yeah. found some more candles. I'm going to take them over to Mesa's and Sandra's. Yes, please do do that. It's... right. And it actually should be Sandra and Mace's because it is clear that Sandra, like, just kind of picked who she wanted. You know, they, everybody kind of lined up and she decided on Mace, apparently, at least for what we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. I mean, and I think this makes sense for a community to, you know, who's living on a waste planet, who's having a, you know, just a, a hard uh, existence. I mean, why wouldn't you especially also if you have a goddess in your midst, just kind of, you know, recognize that goddesshood and, um, you know, give to the goddess. Yeah, you have to have something to focus on in this life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's a hard yeah. life. It's a dirty life. It's it's dangerous. Let's elevate something. Let's bring some art mm-hmm. and some, some beauty into our lives. And she is the personification of those things. So why mm-hmm. not, in your own small way, sort of worship and nurture that? And that's, and so to have Todd plop in and -hmm. just stare at her all the time every day without talking isn't strange. No, it's just, they're like, yeah, I mean, we've gotten a little bit better of at like also doing other things in our lives, 
But yeah, the first time we saw her, this was also us for a year straight. We get it, baby. For sure. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Todd is an ex-soldier who was trained as a baby to be a soldier and nothing else. And so he's got Mm -hmm. some issues and he almost kills one of them. Actually, he almost kills the guy that he absolutely saved earlier in the movie. Yeah. He's got some PSD and just very much like is is triggered by some sounds. And so the guy who he saved um, doesn't, you know, tries to give him a scarf, Amber, Mm. and uh, just, just, catches him at the wrong moment he does catch him he was he was in the middle of his calisthenics which involves punching a metal thing that's sort of shaped like a punching bag yeah like a huge like i would call it like a huge muffler it's essentially just a big metal tube that he's just punching Mm -hmm. um which honestly super soldier in your midst punching a metal object I, I think maybe that's not the time I approach him to give him a scarf. I would agree. Personally. I, I would, I would think you know. that uh, he, he chose a bad a bad moment for gift giving, but that's okay. Uh, he, you know, Todd was already having some issues with, with the groups. He, I think he liked them, but I think it was it was very overwhelming. Sure. Uh, the, the real straw that uh, brings that, mm-hmm. that old camel to his knees is in, in, the, in the home. He's still with Mason Sandra and, and little Nathan. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, one of them, they're green snakes. The face snakes tries to launch mm-hmm. himself at Nathan. And Kurt Russell's like, hey, buddy, here's a boot. Smack it. Mm-hmm. And Nathan's like, uh, I mean, he doesn't say it because he doesn't say anything. No, he doesn't say it. But his face says yeah. it. And yeah, and he, he demonstrates. Yeah, like, smack. Do this thing. Yeah, he, again, Todd doesn't need use words if he doesn't need to use words. So no. he's just, he smacks the boot on the ground and tosses mm-hmm. a boot to, to Nathan. And the, the snake comes for his face. So Todd stops the snake. Mm-hmm. And then throws the Mid-air. snake on the yep. and then throws the snake on the ground, and then tells him to smack it with the boot, and he doesn't. Yeah. And then Mace and Sandra show up and stab the snake, and like Todd, the fuck are you doing? Don't yeah. he, wh- he's a little boy. It's a deadly snake, right? So when they right when the community votes him off the island. Yeah, they don't. They had been his protectors. They like had they'd, been. they'd like they'd rooted for him, and like they were tipping the scales to keeping him. And now that they are nervous that uh, he could endanger their son, now it's time for him. Now to we've go. tipped over to 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 him getting kicked out. Megan, how do they oh, tell boy. him? <laughs> well, that it's time I for him s- to go. <laughs> I say kicked out, Amber, but they never never use any words like that. They in the most. In, in in more words than Todd says in the entire movie, they tell him that he is their friend, that it's not him, it's them, that um, he, they just don't think this is working for, for everybody involved and how they're going to give him a lot of like all the stuff he needs to survive, but he just can't be in the community anymore. But they do love him very much. And um, they respect him. They, we were. They respect you. You are just different. You're Uh a living weapon. We don't hate you. We actually totally respect you and what you're Mm -hmm. capable of, and you are capable of, and you Mm -hmm. are definitely our friend. We just don't want you anywhere near us because we are a community of families and children, and to include you would pose an intolerable risk. But we Mm -hmm. totally love and respect you. Yep. Yeah, it it they very much do not want to upset Todd. 
Yeah. But they very much yeah. don't want him anywhere near them anymore. They also don't want him near them anymore. It's, 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 yeah. And I think this, this leads to possibly one of my favorite moments of Megan watching this movie because Todd, mm. Todd runs off because they told him to go and he's, he's a decent living weapon and he goes and holes up in a round thing and yeah, sets a tunnel, fire yeah. and finds a third feeling and that feeling is mm-hmm. single tear oh, tracing down yeah. his cheek. Yeah. Hmm. His third feeling is sadness. It's sad, yeah. Abandoned by his new family. Heartbreaking. And wouldn't you know it, mm. in their opulent ass bed, lit by soft candle light with their beautiful hanging seedy art, mm-hmm. Mace and Sandra have a visitor to their bed. <gasps> it's a face snake. It's a face snake going for for their sleeping faces, yes. crawling all the way up their bodies and going for like this snake cannot eat these people. No. This is a small snake, yes. folks. Like this is not some anaconda. Mm-hmm. These are like I don't know, foot foot and a half, you know, green snakes. Yep, they're just doing this for fun. They don't. They're not eating this person. They're just going for the face. Maybe, maybe Megan. They are the sentient life of this planet. Maybe they are the native species of what was not always a waste disposal planet. And maybe okay. these fucking invaders who are who are wrecking their shit need to go. Mm-hmm. This is guerrilla mm-hmm. warfare. Face snakes are just trying to get rid of the colonizers. Okay. All right. So they what happens So the face snake face manages snake. to get on this floating bed and crawl mm-hmm. up towards their faces. <laughs> That's a good question. Like although we we've seen them jump feet in the air. To the so face. so exactly. can do this. Yeah. yeah. So it makes a jump to the bed and then just mm-hmm. slowly works its way. It's it's savoring the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill your goddess. Mm-hmm. Despair all although ye colonizers. Not, he the snake goes for mace, I'm pretty sure. Oh, does it? It, I, I'm pretty sure he goes for Even Mace. Even the because face snakes are brought in by the power of Sandra. They know. Maybe they covet her for themselves. Maybe that could be it. Mm. Get away, small child. She's mine. Yes. Oh, you lived. Get it, then, then it is your husband. Indeed. Indeed. Well, small child comes in with the, yeah. with the good, good lessons that Todd gave him. Snatches yeah. face snake off of the bed, throws it onto the floor, and boots it into oblivion. Yeah. Well done, Nathan. W- yeah, in which case, uh, it, it finally occurs to Sandra and Mace that, um, uh, yeah, Todd wasn't being cruel. He wasn't letting the child die. He was teaching him a valuable lesson Megan. in self-preservation. Megan. Mm. Smack to death a face snake for a man. You save him in that moment. Teach a yes. man to smack a face snake to death. <laughs> you save his parents for a lifetime. You do. That's beautiful, Amber. That, that, that was almost something. No, it was perfect. And I loved it. Mace immediately starts getting uh-huh. dressed. He's like, we made the wrong choice. We got to bring him back. I'm going to get him. Immediately. Yeah, yeah and immediately. Megan, as you pointed out, his timing could not have been better. He yes. manages to track down Todd mm-hmm. and gets in a we were wrong mm-hmm. right before Oh, right before. Oh, just before. A oh, boy. Big old ship passes overhead. Uh-huh. <laughs> he got that apology in under the wire. Like, whoo, boy. We were wrong. We want you to come back. Ooh, what's that? It turns out it's a big ship full of the next-gen military guys on a trading exercise who've been given the go-ahead to just murder anyone they find on this planet since no one is supposed to be here. 
Mm-hmm. So that yeah. whoopsie, please come back. We were wrong. Came in just under the wire of like, yeah, we we mean it, and it's not just because we're going to be invaded by uh, uh, super soldiers. Yeah, and then the rest of the movie goes into hardcore action, which is actually, yeah, I would say pretty, pretty well good. done, decent. Yeah. yeah. You have the the entire uh, might of this group of next gen super soldiers with all of their bulletproofing and flamethrowers and weapons mm-hmm. and giant tank vans and just yep. just one Todd just one Todd with some scavenged weapons and wouldn't you know it mm-hmm. one Todd is enough right because Amber he is spirit I thought we proved he, has... he didn't have spirit in the chain thing oh I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Smartness, I think I think Church talked at some point about like cleverness and smartness. Okay, that, okay, okay, okay. Um, we didn't get and, a chance and, to and, test that before the chain. Yeah, death. and I think Meekum poo pooed that. It's like, no, they follow orders. Like they're not supposed to think. Anyway. Yeah, no, you're right. But but they the the new hotness really thinks they're taking on like a battalion. Yes. Um because he is just so much He's everywhere. Todd is everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah. Um I mean, we also get, like, we get these, I mean, okay, Amber, Mace had to die. It's, it's very, you know. Yeah. You got to replace, you know, you're p- replacing, the, the new hotness is trying to come in and replace Todd. Todd needs to deal with both the new hotness. He also, like, he can't, Todd can't kill Mace, but Mace has to, like, vacate a spot that Todd needs to take up. So Yeah, he needs his reward of silent child and hot wife. Yeah, Mace has got to yeah. go. Yeah, so Keen comes in and shoots Mace in the back. As soon as they see people there, they shoot them because, you know, training exercise. Mm-hmm. We got to see these new guys in, in action to prove that they really are mm-hmm. the best. Right. Meanwhile, the old, Todd's old unit has been stripped of their soldierness and they're now sort of just gophers, just doing doing random yeah. stuff. There's, there's actually a pretty sad scene where one of the ladies who's in charge of them is just like, yeah, soldiers get guns. And you don't get guns because you're not soldiers anymore. In fact, you don't have mm-hmm. to call me ma'am anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't need to salute. <laughs> you're yeah. mm-hmm. you're just a person now. Person we made into nothing but a soldier. Yeah. So, yeah, that is just cruelty. It's harsh. Like it's they they built them to be one thing, and now they're taking that one thing away from them, which is just. Yep. You know what? I yeah. I think that soldier finds a third feeling in that moment too. Mm, yeah is it is it um wiggly face that's almost a tear i think it was wiggly face that's almost a tear yeah. but he was he was in front of his boys so it's you know he could oh yeah he couldn't find the full third feeling it was just you know he was on his way to the right. third feeling yeah yeah mm-hmm. 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 yeah it uh it's it's good it's good one man action crew there's some fun stuff mm-hmm. with water and light and stabbing yeah um he the reason Amazon was wrong in, at the end mm-hmm. is that he does not train anybody to no. defend themselves. They have guns <laughs> and they're sure. willing to use them. And and Sandra actually point blank asks him, can you train us to save ourselves? Mm-hmm. He's like, nope, I'm going to do it. Uh, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to kill them all. But why don't you let us help you? No, ma'am. A soldier deserves a soldier. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, they're not mm-hmm. good enough to kill them. Because they're not soldiers. No. It would be disrespectful for him to let civilians kill soldiers. Yeah. It, it, it can be taken a lot of ways, because I, I can also, like, they're not good enough. Plus, soldiers deserve, like, a soldier death. 
Plus, also, maybe you're not a soldier, and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Anyway, soldiers deserve soldiers. It's the deserves that gets me. It really does seem like it would just be, I mean, if one of you assholes killed me, ooh, Mm -hmm. I I would hope I'd go straight to hell. I don't deserve to go to heaven if one of you dicks brings me down. No offense, Mm -hmm. ma'am. Yep, and and he. To be fair, Amber, he always calls her sir. She do, he does. Yeah, everybody's sir to them. Amber, we also get you know we we get to see both Church and Meekum are are on the um uh, on the ship that's there, and um we kind of see them start to uh, fall apart with their uh, own relationship, um to the point where once Todd has killed almost all of the new hotness folks, um. Uh, uh, Meekum wants to go ahead and take off and just leave, but the um, old soldiers are setting up, I don't know, communications or something. Um, and Church doesn't want to go without them. And Meekum says, we got to go because I'm not dying to save your old old soldiers, old baby soldiers. And then um, Meekum just, just cold-heartedly shoots Church. And what they're setting up is a, mm-hmm. is a bomb that blows up the whole planet. Oh right, yeah. yeah they're and not just so leaving. Right. They're just blowing You're up right. the planet. That's right. They decide that they can, not only can they not win, but they have to nuke the entire um, trash planet. Don't worry. They have yeah. like fifteen of these planet blow blow them up bombs on their training plane. So yeah. it's not like they're wasting Wild. a resource. Yeah, yeah Meekum's Meekum's decision is to well, let's just blow it up, and no one has to know what happened here. And and yep. no one will ask and why I lost an entire unit of really probably very expensive super soldiers on their training mission. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. descent within the ranks, murder, murder, murder. Uh, luckily, Todd has pretty much killed all the new guys, and he finds the old guys. And the old mm-hmm. guys are like, hey, bro, we remember you, but not with words, because they don't talk. No, with, with a he- chin lift, Amber. <laughs> Kurt Russell just shows up, stares at them. Then they stare back at him, and then he mm-hmm. slightly raises his chin, and all of mm-hmm. them immediately fall back into ready positions. Yep. And then and it's, it's that was yeah. A, I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, it was that was very that was, good. That was, that was good. Uh, and yeah, yeah they, they then they uh, get all the remaining settlers. A lot of them are dead. Um, oh, there's not very many remaining settlers. You know, there's there's Todd's, Connie, of course. Well, of course. Uh, Obviously, Sandra made it, and so did Nathan. He needs his reward family, Megan. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It, Todd's decision to be a one-man army definitely cost people their lives, because while he was I, dealing yeah. with one van of, of, of murder soldiers, mm-hmm. the other van moved on to the settlement and started killing folks. Yeah. And I don't think there's much they could have done about that, for sure, but... They could have been instructed to run. They could have been instructed. He could have dealt with them first. Yeah, like there's a yeah, but yeah. What can you do? I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter. They save the kids, which is emotionally important, and then you know he gets he gets Sandra and and Nathan, mm-hmm. and that's all that really matters. And so they take the training ship with the fourteen remaining planet killing bombs and head off mm-hmm. to the original moons that the colonists right. were heading towards. And yeah. uh, <laughs> you have. All the other soldiers moving around the ship, the old, the old soldiers. And Nathan comes up to Kurt Russell's character, old Todd, and does, does like an uppa. And so mm-hmm. Todd just picks him up. And then the other soldiers sort of stare at him like, the fuck? And he just gives mm-hmm. him a, what? This is what we do now. Look. And I, yep. I half expected the <laughs> other soldiers to just kind of decide, okay, I guess, 
I this guess is, we so we th- and then just go grab kids of their own <laughs> and then just, like keep working their standard job yeah. but just always holding just a child always <laughs> holding a child because our commanding officer this is what we do now i guess so just mm-hmm. grab a kid we have a kid now yep. do mm-hmm. are we gonna make them watch a dog in a pig fight do is that i don't know is what to do with do kids do? i assume that's what you do with kids mm-hmm. yep yep yeah yeah, pretty great. Pretty great. And and Meekum and the and the few left of the um, you know, commanding officers are left on this trash planet which then explodes. So yeah. happy ending for all. Happy ending. It, it explodes specifically because of Meekum. The the, yes. the 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 lady commanding officer Sloane is trying to deactivate it, but she can't remember if it's six seven or seven six. And he shoves her out of the way and puts in the wrong number, and it, it makes it mm-hmm. blow up. And so he. He did it to them. He yeah. does it to himself. He gets his own petard hoisted yes, with a boom boom. He does. That, you know what? I just realized mm-hmm. he yes. blew up all the sentient snakes. Oh, it's very sad. I I did want them to disarm the bomb and then have to, you know, eke out their own living. Sure. And um, the, dece- the settlement they just destroyed. Yeah. Been destroyed. I thought that would have been, and, and being, you know, eaten by uh, uh face snakes oh the face snakes don't eat you megan they just kill you as you as yeah, you true. noted and has noted yes well amber um what do you give this movie on the rock scale regrettable outstanding craze balls k or solid it's almost solid mm-hmm. it's definitely it's k and it's got it's got some craze balls not a ton but it's definitely got some moments i i loved this movie as a kid I still quite like it. It's not amazing. The action isn't incredible, but I, I genuinely do kind of enjoy Kurt Russell's stoic man, uh, no talky, mm-hmm. but vulnerable child, more feely. Yes. You know, he's, yep. he don't, he doesn't talk, but he feels, feels, the, feels so he much. Feels so much. And he stares at Sandra so much. And it's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty mm-hmm. off-putting. I don't know. I Yeah, I guess K. I mean, I wouldn't say run out and watch Soldier, but I'm glad that I did and I enjoy it. Yeah. And it's silly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, K with with a little solid and uh, uh, some, yeah, some hints of craze balls. Smattering of craze balls. Yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed this movie. I, th- I thought it was an enjoyable watch. Um, I would say that a lot of that is because we came up with our own um, fleshed out storyline for it. But, um, you know, it's always delightful watching a movie with you, Amber. As it should be. I, it's not the movies. It's me. I mean, I'm, I'm willing. I'm, I'm humble enough to admit that it's not the movies. It's me. Mm, yes. And this is a, a Paul W.S. Anderson film of yes. monster hunter resident evil mila jovich fame mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that you know kind of recommends it in some fashion i suppose yeah absolutely excellent megan do an easy yes, story amber. well amber um i was having um dinner with maddie at some point and we had we're having spaghetti um and um i asked her what she thought of the meal and she put two thumbs up and said, crunchy, yummy. Cr- crunchy, yummy? Yeah, uh, there was also um, uh, crunchy garlic bread as well. Oh, so okay. That's, that's actually really, really helpful yeah. because... Yes, kind of important. I was <laughs> confused how your spaghetti I, really... I poorly cooked the spaghetti. Ever. Did You didn't cook the spaghetti if it's crunchy, yummy. It's just crunchy. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Two thumbs up, crunchy, yummy. Crunchy, Amber. yummy. That's all I got. I, Amber. I, I approve of that enthusiasm. 
for your crunchy, yummy spaghetti Thank you. and garlic bread. Mm-hmm. Gotta, you gotta say the whole thing, Megan. Other, I'm, I'm gonna make I'm assumptions. Sure. Good point. Amber, mm. do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I haven't finished it yet because reasons. Um, but I definitely watched Netflix's Sandman. Uh, at least the the first awesome. first eight. I, I, I'm, I have two episodes left. I am recommending it in the same way that I guess we recommended Vox Machina because it's one of those mm-hmm. things where watching it, I'm obviously thinking about the graphic novels by Neil Gaiman that it mm-hmm. is very much based on. And so I, I read all of these stories. I know all of these characters and there's strong visuals because they're graphic novels. And so I'm watching it with those in my head. And so it's obviously elaborated and enriched by that information. And this is definitely one of the most satisfying adaptations I think I've ever watched mm-hmm. of, of, of something that I've read or seen before that's been remade. And, and it's really good. It's the visuals are really, really, really stunning. The casting is really perfect, not just from a visual perspective, but from like somebody who's able to capture the character. Death in particular is perfectly cast. And nice. the episode that uh, really centers around that character that is based on the comic that centered around that character is, is so well done and, and so well captures just the, the sentiment of that. And they, the changes that they've made, at least the ones that I've noticed, I've actually really liked and appreciated. There's, there's one in particular mm-hmm. early on in the series that's in one of the first stories that I was sort of clenching my sphincter waiting for because I hate it. <laughs> uh, and they changed it. And I was so oh. relieved and delighted, especially because of the casting. The character that they cast in the gotcha. role, who was about to have the thing happen to them, I wanted even less for it to happen because of who it was and how well she she took on the role. And they changed it, and it was great. Um, yeah, and, and they, it's not a CGI blowout, which is impressive because you could so easily fall into that with something whose visuals are so trippy and mythical, and it's based in dreamlike. So... Sandman is, I think I've recommended the comic before. It, uh, I'm not going to try and describe it. It's a comic about a character who is the personification of dreams. He's sort of a god, but more than that and less than that. And he is sort of uh, a part of a bunch of different stories. It's it's a story about stories and storytelling. I don't know. I'm bad at describing things, and this one is particularly difficult to describe, but... It's very, very good. Look up the description. If it if it interests you, give it a go. I am curious to see what people who've never read the comics think of it. Like, is it something that's easy to get into and easy to enjoy without that in your mind? Or if it's sort of a bit too much? Um, right, right. But casting-wise, visual-wise, it's really, really good. Adaptation-wise, I, I felt really, really satisfied by it. And I'm curious what people who are just coming to it cold would think. So, The Sandman on Netflix. Yeah. Lovely. Excellent. Megan, do you have a recommendation? I do. Um, I'm going to recommend not another D&D podcast. Um, it, is a, uh, uh, it is a podcast by um, some of the people who are also um, in Dimension 20. Um, they started it actually kind of at the, at the same time as Dimension 20 was happening. Um uh, uh, Emily Axford and Brian Barfi are the folks also associated with um, Dimension 20. And it's also got Jake Hurwitz and Caldwell Tanner, who are also um, like college humor folks. So again, 
comedy podcast. The, the They've got several seasons, and I just kind of finished up the first season, which is a story about what happens after the campaign. So the whole idea is they are kind of doing a little bit of world cleanup after like the big heroes came in and kind of did their big like we're like killing the devil, I think is what the <laughs> the big um, conquest was. But kind of in doing that, they like, they killed the dragon. Um, but the dragon was also like, uh, pr- kind of protecting this town. And so now that the dragon's gone, now there's like, people coming into this town and and uh you know ransacking it and so like they're kind of cleaning up the aftermath of of adventurers who have just kind of you know steamrolled a path through this world um so it's kind of an interesting um uh, uh idea and take on it um and it is also very funny um emily axford is one of my favorite uh folks on um on Dimension 20, she's always very, um, she's very animated, very funny, very, um, ridiculous. Um, anyway, delightful. At least, at least the first, I think, hundred episodes are the, are the first, um, the first story. It's very good. Excellent. Recommend. Excellent. And well recommended. Thank I feel like you. I have a really good grasp on what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I good. feel like you're showing off, which is really annoying. <laughs> See what what I can, you're gonna have to watch Sandman, and then you're gonna have to describe it to people so that they can get a real recommendation. Ah, uh, okay. I think you did a beautiful job. Or they could just read the comics like I told them to, and then they'd already know. Yeah, I mean, really, this is on our listeners. Yeah. Anywho's, let's Megan. This has been lovely. Let's do it again mm-hmm. sometime soon. This time, um, sure. It's not, let's try. It's been a while. We'll try to try. Yeah. Well, Amber, I'll close up like I always do by saying to you, my friend. Every great story seems to begin with a snake. Nope, nope, nope. You can't just change it. You can't just change so it. This, you can't just change this it. Is, this is attributed to Nicolas Cage saying this. Wow. So basically he just read the Bible, which still didn't begin <laughs> with a snake. Like it didn't. It began with a bunch of other stuff. And then a snake showed up and then shit started getting like raw. Certainly. Mm-hmm, Every mm-hmm. okay, but you can't. You do rock things. You can't just switch to snakes because you've decided to add snake facts and nonsense to our podcast. Mm, I see. Well, Amber, let me bring it all together by saying to you, my friend, I'm like a snake sleeping on a rock. I won't bother you unless you, you poke a stick at me. That's really clunky. It is. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. really. That's a really clunky sure. way to say that. Yep, and in yep, specific, yep. I won't bother you unless you poke a stick at me. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That is terrible. Yeah. Every good story does not begin with a snake. There are actually very few it snakes. Seems to Amber. Oh, it seems. It seems oh, he to. said it seems to. So that mm-hmm. that way, it's just his own subjective understanding. But have you ever noticed how mm-hmm. like they seem to all start with a snake? Really, how does yeah, Rudolph start just... with a snake? Listen, Where's the snake Amber. in Rudolph, motherfucker? Take it up with Nicolas Cage, Amber. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to have any conversation with him because I'm I am concerned he might convince me of his rightness. <laughs> I mean that that is the yeah, that is the danger of conversing with him. I'm like a snake on a rock. Then let me say a bunch of other words at you. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like a snake on a rock. Leave me alone. <laughs> or I'll fuck you up. Leave me alone, mm-hmm. or I will 
either A, regurgitate my food at you and peace out, or mm, B, gross. regurgitate my food at you and bite the shit out of you. Because the reason I'm on this rock is because I'm trying to digest some stuff, okay? Yeah. So he can either be replaced by you or be on you. Mm. Leave me alone. Yep. Yep. I could lunge at your face if I'm a face snake, too. I might face snake this shit. Mm -hmm. I'm like a snake on a rock. Fuck off. Yep. That's much Beautiful better. Amber. Very I nicely fixed done. It. I'll add that. I fixed your nonsense. I'll, I'll add that to BarinaQuote.com. Thank you. Please do. Amber. Bye. Bye, Megan.